Life is a blank canvas and you paint your own story. I'm Lee Rogers and welcome to The Blank Canvas. I'm going to be chatting with the trailblazers, artists, thought leaders, athletes, the entrepreneurs and creators, incredible individuals who inspire us to live large. Over 5.2 billion people have smartphones with cameras most of who fancy themselves as photographers. Well, this week's guest won Photographer of the Year at the Sony World Photography Awards. That's like winning an Olympic gold medal in an outrageously competitive category. Christy Lee Rogers. Well, no relation to me that I know of anyway, but certainly a name is what first caught my attention. But once I saw the work, it took my breath away. Christy Lee is a visual artist from Kailua, Hawaii, but is now based in Nashville. She uses water as a medium for breaking the conventions of contemporary photography, and her work has been compared to Baroque painting masters like Caravaggio. Christy Lee has developed a technique to photograph bodies submerged in water during the night and creates these otherworldly images using the refraction of light, coalesced colours, floating fabrics, and many other elements which all come together. Her works have been exhibited globally and sit in some of the most revered galleries and art institutions, and she's been featured across the world in the most prestigious publications. She was recently commissioned by Apple to create these incredible underwater images with the iPhone 11 Pro, as well as being featured in one of their behind-the-scenes process films. Her latest image, The New Humanity, is the cover of the 2021 Lavazza calendar, which features 13 of the world's master photographers. It's a real pleasure to welcome to the blank canvas, Christy Lee Rogers. Good morning. Good morning. Good, good evening. Yes, it's uh, nighttime here. How are you? I'm great. It's uh, 10 a.m. I'm in Sydney, Australia. And where are you? I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, and it's uh, it's five o'clock and it's dark already. Looks cold. You're rugged up. Uh, yes, it's very cold here. We had some snow, so that's been nice. My son is enjoying that. Wow, I didn't know it snowed in Nashville. There you go. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so is it Christy or Christy Lee? Either way, it's fine. And yes, I wanted to say I love your name. It's such a, an interesting thing to write to you, to <laughs> see my name there, yeah. Well, it's a great name. That, why, why, thank you. I'm older than you, so I was first. Oh, you were first. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, it is. It's a total trip, isn't it? I must admit, I noticed the name first before you work. And I'm like, who is this woman? And then I looked at the work and, uh, you know, it took my breath away. And I went, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Our, yeah. our daughter, um, her name is Gypsy Lee Rogers. And I love yeah, when my wife, Kate, was pregnant, it was like the first name she came up with. She said, what do you think about Gypsy Lee Rogers? Like, that was the very first name. And I said, wow, that sounds pretty cool. She said, <laughs> you know, you do know she'll probably either be a country and western singer or a stripper. <laughs> yeah, with that kind of name. No, it's a beautiful name. Beautiful name. Thank you. You know, that's what an artist always wants is a unique name so you can kind of stand apart. I, I did the same thing when I named my son. Is I, He's got to have a name that nobody else has. 
Yeah, yeah, cool. Well, I said, yeah, it sounds pretty good to me. I thought either of those <laughs> options are okay. Um, fortunately, she's on the singer path and songwriting and that kind of thing. So Yeah, that's good. Good. Good news. Yes, that's a good thing. And <laughs> she's course. actually dropped the Lee Rogers. She's dropped my part and she's now just gypsy. <laughs> so. I mean, good and bad. You know, I, I like gypsy. I like that as a yeah. you know, stage name. So yeah. I didn't know she was singing as well. It's amazing. Yeah, well, fortunately... Gypsy got mum's musical talent and, you know, the only part of me she had was my name and, like, she's ditched that. So, you know, that's okay. I'm rolling with the punches. <laughs> so, look, your story's extraordinary. I mean, I've obviously seen the work and it's breathtaking and it's got me thinking there's got to be billions of photographers on the planet these day or people that fancy themselves as photographers because everyone's got you know like an hd phone and it's got to be one of the most difficult businesses i think with the digital revolution to still make a living and sort of you know rise to the top of the business so it's pretty extraordinary what you've done. And so I'm excited to chat to you and possibly uh, garner some insights as to how you've done it and created a style that's completely unique and, you know, is, I'm imagining, delivering you a good living as well. So well done. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, it's it's funny because I never started out thinking I was going to be a photographer. I... I was always an artist and I, I love photographs and I loved filmmaking, poetry, music, all of these things. And it just became sort of an obsession. So I wouldn't say I kind of started it, you know, saying, yes, I'm going to do this and this is how I'm going to shoot. It was just experimentation over time, you know, just practicing. And then I start when I started shooting in the water, it was this magical moment that happened that I became obsessed, you know, and I would work during the day shoot at night. I I would just shoot as much as I could. My mom, my dad, anybody I could get in the water just to sort of experiment and see how can I push this? How can I create something that's not a photograph? And um, that was really how it started with just this obsession, you know, and then it kind of just kept going. And I think because it's experimental, it. It, I never get bored of it. You know what I mean? I just, it's like a science experiment. I want to keep pushing to the next level. And I think that that's what's helped me to move forward. And also I had, I always had something I wanted to communicate to the world, you know, just as a person really. And I never, I felt like I could never really communicate until I started taking photographs. And then I felt like I was putting a very direct message in the photographs for sure. And I had figured that out, what I wanted to say and then as soon as I started doing that, people were responding and it was like we were in communication and they knew what I was saying to them because what I wanted to say, I couldn't say with words. You know, I had to say it in an image. And so that really was the beginning of that. And I think that's what makes it powerful is the communication, not necessarily, oh, it's a pretty photograph. You know, there's something deep in there that gets across to the other side and I think that's what's made this possible for me to make this my career. Um, do you know what I mean? Totally. And yeah, I'd agree that the photographs definitely communicate. And I mean, they, they communicate an otherworldly theme, but I mean, there's so much going on in them. At first glance, it's like, wow, that's a striking image. And then you can find yourself getting lost in it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's not easy to do. So, um, good job. 
<laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that otherworldly thing is also, I think, just a part of me where I, you know, sometimes it's hard to live in reality, especially right now. And so to be able to break off and create some other world that I imagine is really important to my existence. I imagine this place that I want to live that's really soft and it's sensual and there's drama, but it's not dark or harsh or, you know, and it's very playful. And so that's what you're kind of seeing as well as just this, this world that I want to create. And I can do that with water. I can't necessarily do that outside the water. And I believe me, I've taken millions of photographs outside the water, um, sit with them for a little bit and then just get rid of them. I wasn't interested, you know, so the water is the element there's something magical about the water that is creating this other world. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'm water obsessed as well. I've sort of grown up on the coast in Australia. Dad was a surfer. My brothers and I were surfers. And, you know, still to this day, I'm in the water of some kind pretty well every day, whether it's bay, ocean, surf, swimming. So it's a total constant and rejuvenating life force in my life as well. So it resonated with me particularly as well and also i've shot quite a few music videos and a movie that was completely sort of with a water theme as well and in fact one of the music videos for a band called deaf effects this was in the early 90s there was two of them one was called surfers of the mind so the whole music video was like high speed underwater waves and we shot um, the guitarist, like jumping, riding a guitar, jumping into water, shot 100 frames per second. Wow. And then another one called We Are Now, we literally shot at night in a swimming pool. And we put a giant black in the swimming pool. And we got an 18K light coming through and I had two nude women swimming slow-mo 100 frames per second through as like one of the base shots in the music video. And intercut with it was all of this, you know, sort of hardcore news sort of fear-mongering kind of stuff juxtaposed with this incredible slow-mo ethereal women swimming through what was like a space night sky. Anyway, I'm rambling, but, wow. but so when I saw your stuff, it just kind of flooded back memories of doing that. And having done that, I know it's not easy to do. It was cold. The girl was freezing. She couldn't hold her breath very long. Then we got another one in. And I mean, there's a whole load of technical challenges. And so when I look at yours, I was dealing with one and then two people in the pool. You've got so many people in the pool and you've got these long fabrics and you've just got, oh my God, it's like, it's complex. It's very complicated. And, and that's interesting that you did those music videos because that was before anybody was doing underwater shoots back then. I mean, nobody was doing underwater. Actually, it was probably about 89 or 90. And we had a surf photographer who had literally was a camera from the nose of, of an aircraft because there weren't really underwater cameras at that point. So he converted one of those 16 mil cameras that they put in the front of an aircraft and then he built a housing his name was guy finlay and my brother was um is a cinematographer and gaffer and uh and he shot it and it uh you know he was like yeah yeah let's do it. let's do this but it was kind of people were like wow that's pretty wacky and um but although it worked really well, it's not like I went, hey, there's there's really something in this. We should keep developing this. That was kind of like a one-off thing. But anyway, I just love, once I discovered your work, I've completely fallen in love with it. 
Thank you. Yeah, and it is difficult for sure. I mean, it's a it's a it's a whole other world in itself. Yeah, there's yeah. all these challenges, right? Yeah. Just being down yeah. underwater, and um, like you said, the cold. First of all, the cold, and holding the breath, and then all these elements coming together, and the water has a life of its own. It just takes you where it wants to, and. Um, yeah. And that's probably what I like the most is that there's a challenge and I never know exactly what we're going to get, you know, what's going to happen. I, and I love working with new models because I don't know how they're going to react down there. So that challenge is what keeps me interested, you know, and keeps it fresh. And yeah, the last yeah. shoot I did in Hawaii, actually, um, over Christmas, we had this dust that kind of came up from the bottom of the pool that made it a little murky. And I almost called the shoot. I almost called it off, but then we kind of went with it and we kept shooting. And it's interesting because some of the new photos have this very ethereal, like different lighting. So the light's going to be very different in that, which I like the sharp, you know, contrasting, but this was softer and more, a little bit more painterly actually. So, so, you know, you just use the problems to, to find something new and, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, it's fun. Cool. So, so tell me, um, can we talk a, a bit about your preparation for a shoot? Like, do you do you sketch out ideas, or does it come from poetry? Does it come from a, a reference, you know, of some kind? Like, could you give us an insight into your process leading up to a shoot? Yeah, absolutely. I I keep a notebook usually throughout the year, so I'm writing ideas and usually it has to do with life you know problems things i'm seeing circumstances that i am asking questions about our existence uh, a lot about freedom and who we are these kind of things and then i'm also i listen to a lot of music so i might write down lyrics you know oh that that's a great concept and and i'm also reading a lot too so i love reading about light and wavelengths and, and really contemplating what is happening here. What are there some things that we don't understand, you know, because light has no mass and I'm, you know, and I'm not a real technical person, so I can kind of get lost in these ideas. And, you know, right now I'm really into wavelengths of light and, and, and trying to understand that concept, especially when it comes to water, because I think you could do a lot with wavelengths as far as cleaning water and, I, I don't know. So, so those are the things I keep in my, my notebook throughout the year. And then it might be color ideas. And, you know, I might sketch out some positions or something new I want to do. And, and I'm just keeping these in the notebook. And the concept hasn't really come to me. I'm just sort of collecting. And then there's a certain point where I, I decide I'm going to do a shoot. And it's usually once a year that I'll shoot. So I'm, I'm operating a little bit more like a painter would where I do one collection a year. I might do 20 or 30 images because it's a lot of work. And, and, and then I'll say, well, okay, what's the concept? There, there'll always be this one major concept that I want to capture. And then I figure out, well, what are the elements I need to capture that? You know, who do I want to shoot? What kind of models? You know, um, that kind of thing. And then that's usually the hard part is coming to that final concept. It, it almost feels painful because it's not quite there, it's not quite there. And then it usually just sort of comes and go, oh, okay, I know what I'm gonna do. Um, and then I start planning for the shoot. And, and then, you know, it's funny cause I might do a shoot and then it sort of changes a little bit based on the circumstances and what's happening with the models and the elements. I just had a girl create some costumes for me. 
So that's kind of a new thing because usually I was doing all my own costumes, but I had some concepts and ideas. And so we're sort of expanding out to, you know, even right now I'm doing a lot of video work. So it's these moving images and I'm working with a special effects producer. So we're incorporating some other elements, which is new for me as well and, um, and exciting. I, I think I'm really moving to the moving image and projecting these. Um, and and that, I've actually been doing that for a little while where we, you know, maybe a minute or two minute and they've been putting them up on buildings and in public spaces. So I feel like that's the future is this, for me, I call it breathing videos, these breathing, you know, just floating ethereal beings, you know? So that's, that's what I'm trying to perfect. And that's even harder, as you know, shooting the moving image is harder than for me capturing stills. I'm also doing things in a completely different way because I'm not underwater. So um, I'm capturing, that's why you're getting that bending, you know, you're getting that refraction of light from the air to the water. Yep. So you're getting a little bit of bending there. And I'm, I'm using that to, to create the softness. And there's a fine balance between, you know, too soft and too many bubbles. Oh, the bubbles as well are a huge problem, but, but that's kind of my process. And then I, I mean, I might spend a year working on a collection. It's a very, you know, lengthy process that, that, you know, it's, it, it's just different. I don't just, you know, pump out the photos and um, I take a long time, even in the post-production process, you know, of looking at them, printing them. Crop, the cropping is very important to me, the, the composition, putting them on my walls. I live with them for months, months, months before I even release them. So, and yeah, so that's, that's, that's how it starts. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Wow. That's really cool. I mean, it's kind of, uh, yeah, it's amazing because it's so easy to just shoot so many images these days and people are just like, and so, yeah, it's kind of cool. You've, you know, swung back the other way with it and you just, you know, it's like an old school approach, but using the new technology. Yes, absolutely. And it's hard because I, I've actually been doing some commissions recently, which I, I never did before. And that's a really difficult for me because there's schedules and, uh, you know, okay, we need it done in 15 days or, or something like that. And, you know, I'm really used to shooting very organically uh, when I feel it, and, you know, I'm feeling it. So let's go shoot. I shoot at night. I'm not a morning person. So, you know, I've got the whole day to think about it and plan and get ready. And, and so that's been challenging too, to have, uh, deadlines, uh, you know, things like that. But, and, and luckily most people that I've shot for have said, we want you to come up with a concept, you know? And so you come up with a concept and you can shoot whatever you want. Um, and that, and that's also been hard too, is trying to explain to a client, this is what happens during the shoot. It's not a normal shoot underwater. You know, we're going to take maybe five times longer to shoot than, than a normal and we might get to shoot for five hours at the most because people are cold I mean they're just exhausted so so it's different but yes and and tell me when you're underwater is, is there somebody down there with a tank and air that people can kind of swim over to or are you literally just having them dive down and hold their breath and you snap off a few picks they come up again you go down like can you give us any more insights into that part Yes, they are just going down and holding their breath. I like to keep it really simple. So I am very organic where I don't like to have a lot of people on the set. 
I want it to be real. Usually I'm shooting models that haven't done this before. They might know how to swim really well and be dancers, but they've never been photographed underwater. So they're very real in their, in their reactions underwater. And so I want them to experience that because there's this vulnerability when you're down there and, and then they kind of come out of it into this new place where they, they start to get really good. They start to feel like they've accomplished something. So I'm using that, you know, that experience. It's almost like a, an actor. They're really acting down there. They're just constantly moving, but it's, it's very organic and very simple. I know people think that it's very complicated what I'm doing or when they see it, but it, it's actually the way I started is just simplicity. Very, very simple. Wow. And that they don't have weight belts on or anything to keep them down there longer? No, no weight belts. Sometimes I've used, you know, some objects or things like that to keep them down if the pool is shallow. Um, also, the costumes can sometimes, you know, get air bubbles and that pulls them up. So we, we've definitely had our share of problems um, that I've learned over the years how to handle. For instance, fabrics having chemicals in them. You know, you wouldn't think that, but certain fabrics and props, uh, I have to make sure I wash them really well because that affects, anything affects the water, makes it murky or, or you know, is bad for them, of course. Yeah. Another experience of mine came to mind. Um, I made a movie called Dust Off the Wings and I played the lead character in it and it's like 48 hours prior to this guy getting married and, you know, he's dealing with his... Um, promiscuous lifestyle of the past and now facing monogamy and marriage and all of that anyway there's this sort of nightmare sequence in it and in the nightmare sequence I've got a giant anvil chained around my ankle and it's shot from underwater the same guy who shot that other thing I told you about earlier 100 frames per second he's down at the bottom of this ocean kind of pool and I've jumped off into the water with this anvil and it's it's taken me down to the bottom and I, I'm heading towards the camera with this anvil and I'm going, you know, trying to climb back up and, you know, it's symbolic of me, you know, drowning, facing marriage and the confusion and the whole thing. Anyway, so I've got a guy, I've got a guy with a tank down there because it was, it was sort of, you know, deeper than a swimming pool. And so I've yeah. gone down, we've got this amazing shot. Anyway, we've got the shot and then I'm like, wow, this thing's a whole lot heavy. There's no stunt, guys. This is like a low-budget indie film. <laughs> the thing's gone down. I've run out of breath. A whole, I'm a surfer and I can hold my breath a long time. But the energy of jumping off with the, it's like a fake anvil. It's not a real anvil. It's like a prop anvil. Yeah. But it's, it's fiberglass, but it's heavy. And I've gone down to the bottom. We've gone the shot, but I've used up all my all my air so quickly because it was such an exertion because I had to jump off the side to get out sort of away from, from the edge. Anyway, he's yeah. sort of swimming over with the air and I'm like going, holy shit, I need it faster than – because he had to be out of shot. So he swum in. He's got the tank anyway. It eventually gets to me, but – Oh my God! I'm scary. I, I, I reckon. Right? Yeah, I thought I was going to drown, and then I got. It was winter. I got hypothermia. I got out, and I'm just like <laughs> pa oh my panting. I'll I'll send you the shot after, but um, I'm telling you because it's tough. Like I mean, you make it sound really simple, but I just know there's a whole load of challenges when you're shooting like that. So. It may be boring to other people, but it really fascinates me <laughs> <laughs> having, having done that. 
Yeah, I mean, I could talk about that for hours. I probably should move on to some other areas like, look, you're, you know, not formally trained as a photographer. So tell us about your upbringing. And I mean, I know you, you had musician parents I've read and you, you grew up in Hawaii. Um, yeah, tell us about that. Did you go to college? What kind of kid were you at school? And those kind of things. Yeah, I, I grew up in Hawaii on the island of Oahu. And um, yeah, my parents are both musicians. And I, you know, started playing piano when I was young. Um, it's funny because I love music, but I wasn't, I wasn't going down that path. And I started writing poetry very young. That was probably my first love. Also, performance art, you know, we would do that with my brother where, you know, create characters and, and, and be these characters for him just for fun. Um, so that, that's kind of how I started. And I was really lucky in high school that my, my first boyfriend gave me an old 35 millimeter camera and he had an old dark room in his bathroom that he converted in, in his bathroom. And so he was really obsessed with photography. And then I had a course in high school, which was very rare back then to have photography. And I also had a filmmaking class. So I, I mean, I was a decent student, but I didn't love anything. I was just forcing myself to, to get the grades. And, um, and as soon as I got the photography class, I, I became obsessed, you know, I would lock myself in the dark room, mass produce prints in there, you know, they're all yellow now, because I didn't, you know, put them in the proper timing for the chemicals and that kind of thing. And then I started making super eight films. And that's when I knew, oh, I want to go to film school, you know, so I didn't have the grades for it, but I, I, I went to University of Hawaii, um, you know, studied there for a little bit. And then I went to San Diego State University and I studied theory. It's funny, I studied more film and telecommunications, but we weren't necessarily making films. I feel like I was making better films before that. Um, and really then I kind of, everything fell apart. I stopped making art. And it took me a while to sort of get back into it. I was still creating photographs and things like that, but um, I sort of lost that that momentum that I, you know, that, I don't know, some, something happened. And I was working all these, you know, random jobs and, and really actually getting pretty sad and depressed that I wasn't doing what I loved. And then I think I quit my job. <laughs> I had a job that I just hated and I just, you know, I started making films in Los Angeles. I eventually moved to Los Angeles, started making film, producing films and commercials. And I was working for an advertising agency and stuff like that. Um, but it wasn't art to me. It wasn't me. So at some point I quit my job and just became a full-time artist. And it was scary. I mean, I had no money. I was sleeping on people's couches. <laughs> I was, you know, but, you know, for the first time I was really happy. And then that's when I just started to, to just dive into my art. And for seven years, I only experimented. I didn't release anything. You know, I just, I was kind of developing this style. And then at some point, somebody talked me into doing a show, you know, and, and that was hard. The first show was really hard um, because you're bearing your soul to the world and they're going to see you raw through your artwork. Um, but once I did it, it was fine. And, and then that's kind of when it, it started to, you know, become, and I started selling pieces and, and all of a sudden it just, you know, it started to move along. But, um, 
But yeah, the water for sure growing up was a huge influence on me. I was a surfer. I was boogie boarder. I was always in the water doing crazy, crazy things. You know, I mean, surfing with sharks and, you know, paddling out a mile to these islands to surf the break and going in lava tubes. And, you know, it was pretty wild. And um, it's funny because I wouldn't do that anymore these days. (laughs) Um, But... But yeah, that was definitely the start of the water. Obsessed with, well, I didn't know I was obsessed with water, but I, I just needed it. I needed it. You know, I'd walk in the water and. Right. We all went kind of barefoot there anyway. So. Right. Wow. So just, you were talking about the college thing. So it sounded like, yeah, you mentioned you were creating more prior to that, that there was a lot of theory, but not a lot of practical and you wound up less productive and creative after it by the sound of it. So yeah. What are your thoughts on if people are aspiring to be a professional artist or photographer, what would you recommend to them? Do you say, just get a camera and just, you know, shoot stuff, make stuff, or do you say, go and get formal training for me what worked was just grabbing a camera and experimenting of course you want to learn the technical and that that's the part that I have a hard time with is the technical part I've got to watch YouTube and teach myself these little things but you can do that Um, I remember when I was in college we did make a couple films I made a film and the professor said, oh, you know, we're showing the class the film and said, oh, she broke this 180 degree rule, you know, where oh, yeah, you're the you line. shoot from one side and then you shoot from the other side. Yeah. And I broke it yeah. because I shot from both sides. And then he said, well, but it worked for her because of da-da-da-da. And I said, well, <laughs> wait a second. You know, I just fi- I felt like I can't live with all these rules, you know, and and like that to me, that wasn't being creative and who cares, you know, if if you're making art. um, So yeah, I would definitely say grab a camera and learn as much as you can, especially today. There's so many online classes. Uh, I think a college is valid for some areas. And of course, if you're, you've got the right team and the professors, you know, that, that, are backing you up. I definitely had some professors that I loved and were pushing me and not critiquing me all the time. But for me, it was pretty detrimental. I mean, I, I was on a roll and then I stopped for, I mean, I might've stopped for 10 years. That's a long time. So, you know, I was still doing small things, but not, I mean, I was so into it. I was in love with what I was doing. Yeah. So, so, you basically like it's one thing creating the wonderful work it's another thing monetizing it and making a living from it and in the process you become a a businesswoman you become an entrepreneur you're a small business so how have you um dealt with all of that and made that work and and um yeah do you find that side easy challenging (laughs) what's the story Well, it's interesting because I was listening to your last podcast and you were talking a little bit about having both sides, you know, that you need to have the creative and the business side. And luckily, the business side, because I produced so many films, I was really good at producing. Um, I sort of have that naturally, but I don't enjoy it very much. I, I have to do it to keep things going. And that's really important for an artist, for sure, is that you've got to be able to find a team to work with and manage that. And then also know what direction you want to go in. Um, 
and yeah, handle all your business. Uh, that, that's huge. I would say I spend most of my time doing that actually, which is, I don't, you know, it's funny because I've um, tried to hire assistants in the past and I think that they think that we're just going to be on a shoot all day and that that's what we're going to be doing. <laughs> I said, no, no, no. There's, I mean, I'm, I'm on my email answering, you know, I work with a lot of galleries around the world. So I've got, I don't know, 10 galleries plus art reps and, and there's all this coordination of, okay, we need these new works. And this client wants this work and what size and blah, and we need to order prints. So I've got, I've also got printmakers all over the world. Shanghai, Brazil, London, you know, in the US. So I've got to communicate with all these people. And, and so it's a lot, it's a lot of work. So, so I would say to artists too, yeah, keep, keep in mind that you've got this other huge side that you've got to manage. And if you don't want to do it, then find somebody that will do it for you, you know, and give them a commission or a piece. Uh, I'd like to eventually do that, <laughs> you know, and I, I'm kind of moving in that direction. I have a manager now and I'm saying, yeah, I, if I want to create bigger projects, then I've got to have more time for production. And I also have a son, a six-year-old son. So it's a lot to manage. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I can imagine. I know with um, Kate, my wife, who's a singer and myself, I mean, you know, we seem to spend most of our life like on computers <laughs> these days. <laughs> if her, yeah. She's on stage for an hour and a half or whatever, but all of the, the the weeks leading up to the show, the promoting, the artwork, the you know promotional assets, all that stuff. It's all based you know around generating digital assets that can be shared, and it's kind of wild, isn't it? How much time here we are right now? We're we're on computers now, having having a chat. I know. I think that's why I have glasses on because I spend so much time on the computer. It just wrecked my eyes. I, I literally, uh, uh, I was at the optometrist two weeks ago. I've got glasses coming and I'm in the same same boat. Maybe it's age, but I'm sure the amount of time on phones and, and laptops is, uh, is part of it. Wow. Yes. And now with social media, oh my goodness, it's a whole other thing. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, no, it, it totally is. So tell me, you, you won Photographer of the Year at the Sony Photography Awards um, last year. That's kind of a big deal. Tell us how that came about. Yeah, it's funny. I, I never really submitted the work to uh, the award shows before. And for some reason with this collection, I just decided one day, okay, you know, let's submit them to these these shows and see what happens. and you know, they had a big, they had a portfolio contest where you win $25,000 and then they have a single image contest that you win $5,000. Well, I, I just did it so fast. I, and I did the single image cause I didn't know that you couldn't do both. Right. So I remember them asking, why didn't you submit to the bigger one? I, I said, I, I didn't even know. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't do both. And, you know, and, and, and I just forgot about it. I was like, okay, great, great. And then I got a call, uh, I think in February, saying, oh, we've been trying to reach you and we haven't been able to get a hold of you and you won this award. And I, and I was kind of shocked. You know, I really didn't have any expectations at all about it. So so that was kind of cool. And they flew me to London and we, they had a big ceremony and um, they had hundreds of press there. They have a great press team. I won a camera. Sony camera and $5,000. And so it was, it was fun. I took my son with me and um, 
we had a great time in London and, and actually really opened up the doors, you know, because of the press. I mean, they, they really helped to get an artist out there and just with the exposure. So then, of course, people started writing in, oh, we want you to do this project and this and more press. And so it kind of, it really opened up my career right. by doing that, yeah. which I was surprised. Yeah. I didn't expect it. Right. And is that what led to the Apple uh, commissioning? You know, it's funny because the guys that did the behind the scenes for Apple, they told me that um, the director, his mom, saw my work on Instagram and sent it to her son saying, you got to see this girl's work, you know, and that's how he found me. And then he presented it to Apple. And that was, you know, it's funny because that's how things have happened for me. It's just in strange, odd ways, you know, <laughs> So I don't know. I mean, who knows? Yeah. I mean, she might have found my work through the Sony. Right. Yeah. And and yeah. so with that, did they pay you for that, or is it just giving you you know massive cred and exposure? Oh, for Apple. Yeah. Yeah, they did pay me for that because I created images, and then the behind the scenes was more exposure. So they did, the, and they of course they're using the iPhone. Um, to shoot everything. So that was kind of interesting to, to shoot with a different, you know, different technology and, and the iPhone wants to correct everything, you know? So, so that was, that was, that was hard. It was actually really hard, but it was, yeah, it was definitely a commission that they did. Um, and I would like to do more, you know, they actually gave me um, a new phone and said, here, go shoot with it, you know, and let's see what happens. Uh, I think they're just waiting to see, what I create with it. And I do have some, I have been shooting with it, some videos and it's, it's incredible what it can shoot and you can put it underwater and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, um, yeah. your work's been compared a lot to <clears throat> the great, you know, 16th century painters, Caravaggio and, and others. Is that something you were conscious of when you were originally creating the images or like you had references like that, or it just evolved and, and then, no. I mean, not at all. I, I wasn't aware of what I was creating at all. I, I had the, the first concept was, first of all, I shoot at night because I'm a night owl. I prefer that. So, of course, now I've got to light this dark pool, right? So that sort of happened naturally. And then, um, you know, it's funny because I think that that art, that period is just really a part of who I am. But I never went to a museum or went online and said, oh, let me try this. I actually, the first shoot I ever did... I made a decision not to look at anything online, not to be inspired by visuals. Instead, I was reading and I was reading about space and time, right? I was just so fascinated by this, these concepts. And, and so that collection that I first did, Siren, was based on, like, there's a lot of black around and there's a single figure with one single color. So it was also about the simplicity and, and I'd never done that before. It was always all these wild colors. So I said, well, let me just take it. And it was a nude figure. Um, and, and then, yeah, all of a sudden people started to say, I had a really good friend of mine, um, Parker Stevenson, who's an actor. And he, I shot him underwater. He gave me this book. He saw my work in a, an art show that I did. And he brought me this Caravaggio book and signed it saying, you know, keep doing what you're doing and da, da, da. I kind of flipped through it and I was like, okay, you know, I just, I didn't see the resemblance. Like I wasn't thinking 
in that way. But I said, okay, great. You know, and then it just kept going, you know, Baroque, Car- especially Caravaggio, you know, I couldn't get Caravaggio away from me. <laughs> I, like, I don't know what I'm doing, but, but really it's a part of who I am. I think that, that drum, that drama and that, you know, the movement and the life and those images and that sense of something greater, like that's just who I am. So, um, so that's how it started. Really. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't a decision I made. Yeah. Gotcha. I mean, it also a lot of the images, it's like you've captured the human spirit in a photograph in a lot of them, which is really powerful. Is that something you were conscious of as well? Or once again, just part of the whole process of developing what appealed to you? No, that was more conscious for sure. That was actually where I was, you know, what I was looking to do. I remember that when I started my first collections, um, you know, it was when the stock market crashed in 2000, what was it, 2008? And um, I lost everything. And, uh, you know, I took a dive. I I fell and I fainted and I cracked my head open, my eye open. So I I just really hit the bottom, you know? And, and so then I went back to Hawaii and just took a little time off. And that's when I I started writing in my notebook and I, and it's like, one thing I realized is that I wasn't going to die. You know, you think you're going to die actually. And I just realized, oh my gosh, it doesn't matter how far down I go. I'm, I am going to live. Like I'm not going to die. And it was a weird, profound moment where I found this power that we all have. And so I, when I was writing in my notebooks and doing a lot of reading and I said, I want to share, like, I want to tell other people that we're really powerful and that sometimes we just have to look in different directions or look at things differently. And so that was, like I said, part of the communication is I wanted to show, show that and communicate that. So that was definitely, you know, and that's still in the works, you know, because I'm still trying to find my own freedom and so I use these images as a way to sort of go on that journey and, and take everybody else along with me and, and show that, yeah, we can be very vulnerable and it can be very dark, but there's always beauty and light somewhere. Yeah. It's there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so, yeah. that's beautiful. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? In 2020, the, the, the social veneer of, of life is been stripped back somewhat and you kind of find yourself thinking at times oh my god you know this painting or being an artist is it a value is it like there's so many serious things going on this year sometimes it's kind of like oh my god this is of no consequence but by the same token it becomes more important because you realize okay beauty aesthetics the spirit, all of these things, these things really count at the end of the day. So it's kind of been a tumultuous year, hasn't it, for everyone? And how yeah. how are you coming out the other end of 2020? Well, I, I definitely agree with you. And I had the same feeling about thinking, wow, what what is my artwork actually doing for the world? You know, it just seems so small, you know, and you, you you get down as an artist thinking, okay, how can I make a difference? You know, what is this little piece of art going to do? But what I've noticed is that, like you said, people need it and more people have been reaching toward me for the art. 
it's almost like they they need this positivity. They need something. And so they're reaching for it, which is very interesting. I've been busier during the COVID time than I was before. Um, and, you know, what I first did was, you know, we first went into the lockdowns and I, I wasn't that freaked out about the COVID, of course, you know, and then if, when we went into the lockdowns and I had a big project that got canceled and I had a lot of shows that got canceled. And so I said, well, um, what am I going to do? I mean, I kind of freaked out for a couple of days because I thought, oh my goodness, you know, people locked down. What is that going to do to somebody that can't make a living, that can't produce? Um, and so I, I immediately put out a print and I just worked nonstop. And we put out a print online. My manager helped me and we sold it for two charities. So it went to Save the Children and No Kid Hungry. And I just, I, all the money went to them. I just said, no, I'm not taking any of the money. I want all the money to go to these charities because I didn't want, I didn't want kids to be affected by this, you know? So that was my, that was March for me. And I was really busy because people were buying it. I was really surprised. I thought, oh, everybody's going to be holding on to their money because they don't know what's happening. But no, people were reaching out and wanted to support this great cause. And then they get a beautiful piece of artwork for it. So, so that kept me really busy. I, and I was doing everything myself, you know, couldn't find printers to print the works. And it was pretty crazy. And then, you know, shipping and, and wrapping them and signing them. And then, and then it got really busy, it got really busy. Everybody just wanted to, you know, do something. And then, and then Lavazza reached out to me and they wanted to do this new project called the new humanity. So that happened maybe in May where they said, we're, you know, we're going to have 13 artists and we want you to do the cover and each artist is going to give their concept of the new humanity, like what that means. And so then I was working on that for them. Um, so, so, so I've, yeah, I've been busy. It's been hard though. I must say is that I'm lucky cause I get to work on my personal art. Yeah, I can work from home and do this, you know? Um, but it has been hard mentally on me. You know, I don't, I don't do the news very well. And I feel like I've had to watch the news or, or, or pay, I don't have a TV, but I, I pay attention a little bit and it really gets me freaked out. And so just the last week I, I shut it off, you know, because I don't know what's happening anyway. Even when I'm watching it, I don't know what the truth is. So I'd rather just, you know, I, I tune in from time to time because I feel like I have to be responsible, but I also protect my space because I can't create what I'm creating with all that bad news. I can't, I can't go to that world. It's too hard. So I can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah, Totally. By the way, the Lavazza works absolutely incredible. Love that. At, Thank uh, you. Yeah, yeah. It kind of um, was it the Pirelli calendars. I sort of when I heard the word Lavazza, they've got a calendar. I'm like, oh, maybe it's like the Pirelli calendar. Is it? Is it nudes? And um, I think the Pirelli one was nudes, wasn't it? Or sort of certainly I very don't... sexy. I can't can't remember. It's a long while since I've looked at it. And then um, I don't know. I have to check that out. But you know, they call it a calendar, but it's really their their campaign for the year, you yeah. know, but it comes in a calendar and then it, you know, they distribute it like that. I don't think it's available to the public as a calendar, but it's, yeah, it's interesting that they call it a calendar and then they, you know, they, they've been taking on uh, big issues about the planet in their last campaign. So this was their new concept is this new humanity because COVID hit. So, yeah. 
Um, so yeah, that was that was great. It was just nice to put something positive out there and, and see that they wanted to to help inspire people. Yeah, it was great great idea. Yeah. And and what's yeah. coming up next for you? What's uh, what do you think twenty twenty one is going to look like for you? <laughs> How's that crystal uh, well, ball going? <laughs> it's funny because today I actually had a big project get cancelled that I've been working on for a long time. So I was really heartbroken. I felt like somebody sucker punched me, you know, but, but there are some other projects and I'm still working on my own project, which I've just been releasing slowly now that we're not doing gallery shows. I'm just, I'll put out one image every month when I'm finished with it. And I do have actually a show coming up in Paris it's uh, it's in a church that does exhibitions right in the center of Paris, across from the Pompidou Museum, and we're doing a couple works in there just to you know bring like lift things up a little bit, and then we'll do a show I think in March, and then I have a museum show that I'm planning for in Mexico. These things have been keeping me busy. Another project that just came in, so it's it's actually nonstop. I. I it's good, but it's a little surreal because there's just a lot of good and a lot of bad at the same time. So you don't really enjoy the good stuff that much. Um, my son is now, I'm homeschooling him because, you know, of COVID. So that's, that's been, it's been amazing and, and interesting, but, you know, trying to keep up with everything. Um, and I want to do a shoot. I'm just ready. Think as soon as things calm down a little bit, I, I'm I'm going to do a shoot here, and work on the video projects more. So, so yeah, you know, it's funny because projects just come in, you know, yep. randomly. So I have no idea okay. what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I just need to keep myself positive through all this, you know, and help keep other people positive. That's my goal. Well, you're doing a wonderful job with your work. It's um, uplifting and delivering hope to many people, or at the very least, some beauty. <laughs> oh, yes. Thank you. Yeah. That, you know, it, it, yeah, it helps every little piece, right? It totally does. Um, yeah, a, yeah. a tech question. Do you use a particular camera? I know you use the iPhone on that Apple campaign, but what kind of stills camera do you normally use? I am using a Canon 5D Mark III. That's my preference. Although now I've been testing with the new Canon and I actually rented that a couple weeks ago and went out and I just shot some things, random things. And, and then I'm also going to test with some other cameras like Fuji um, because I want to be able to go bigger with the like, people were asking me for 150 inch print, you know, <laughs> And I go, wow, okay. I mean, they don't even have printers that will do a high quality print that size, but everything is just, you know, expanding. And then I also have to be able to do, you know, 4K, 8K, because if the Canon 5D doesn't shoot 4K and I've been doing all my video on that. Um, so I've got to up my game and, and really start, you know, I've got someone I'm working with that's my technical guy and he is pushing me toward these cameras so we need to just test them and gotcha and canon lenses canon lenses i do love canon i know i've shot with everything i've shot with sony uh nikon and i prefer the colors and uh you know the canon 5d really handles the low light very well as well and then 
So I just know that's going to work for me and it's a solid image. So I, I stick with that. Gotcha. And when you're doing a shoot, how many crew and how many lights? Is it mostly single source for the pool stuff or are we giving away too much? <laughs> uh, I mean, it varies. It definitely varies. Um, you know, I started out shooting just myself and the model. And that was really fun because yep. it was just experimental. And um, then I started to have a couple people there. I would have a, an assistant, you know, helping with the fabrics. And um, some, sometimes it'd be somebody's mom, you know. I, I like it really low-key. I don't want anybody putting pressure on me. Um, but the last shoot I did, we had a crew. And, um, you know, I had a jib arm and um, over the pool. And we were shooting both video simultaneous while I was shooting stills and I had a costume designer and um, I'm still pretty small I, I think compared to most people's shoots um, but I did have more of a crew which was nice in many ways um, and yeah lighting just depends on the pool you know I, I like to use different pools because they give me different effects so um like on the apple shoot, we had some lights that we were casting like purple and green colors onto the water from outside and then lighting the inside. So so I would like to actually start getting into more experimentation with color, right. you know, with lights, with lights for sure. And then we also used little LED lights in the pool. So we made it look like little planets, like she was floating in in outer space by using these little LED lights. So that was fun to experiment with. Yeah, yeah, cool. And do you ever get in the pool and shoot in, in the water yourself or is it mostly outside? No, actually the last shoot I did, I got in the pool and I shot a video um, all underwater. It was a very different style and, and I started shooting underwater, but I just didn't feel it was giving me the look I wanted, that, that dramatic lighting. So... I, yeah, I do both. And I'm going to start going back to going underwater and going in the ocean. And, and I'm really going to start experimenting a lot more, but right. I prefer outside right. for, for the lighting and the look. Gotcha. And do you use a yeah. tank when, when you were shooting underwater? No, 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 it's all very, I don't know if it's the Hawaii side of me, <laughs> but it's just very natural, you know, just taking a breath yeah. and, and, you know. And you, yeah. So clearly you're nude when you're doing it as well. <laughs> oh yeah 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 no no it's funny because um you know when i first started all the tests were done on me so i'd set up the camera and have my friend shoot me underwater and so i know exactly what it feels like to be underwater so that i was the test model for all the first shoots and then actually apple wanted to shoot me underwater i don't think they ended up using the shot but I got underwater with the costume and they, and I, and I hadn't done it in a long time. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is really hard. Also because there was a lot of chlorine in the water. Right. A lot. They, they heated the pool and it got the pool really dirty. So they had to kind of shock it and they put a lot of chlorine and I went, oh my goodness, you know, this stuff's just burning my nostrils. And yeah. in Hawaii, we have a lot of um, saline pools, which is, they're so nice, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, look, it's it's pretty well time to wrap this up, but it's been a pleasure having a chat. And, um, you know, thank you for the beautiful work that you continue to put out. And it's so nice to meet you and um, look forward to seeing what's next. 
Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure as well speaking to you. And um, yeah, I, I enjoyed every minute of it. Okay, fantastic. Have a great day. And um, okay. what is it? Six o'clock. Okay, it's time yeah, for dinner. Six- Dinner time, party time. <laughs> yeah, um, thank you so much, Lee. Yeah, my pleasure. Hey, last question, actually. Why Nashville? Yeah. Like, it's why aren't you in a you know a warmer climate for for doing what you're doing? You know, that's interesting. I I just I love. I just fell in love with Nashville, and I was living in Los Angeles, and I just needed to get out and have a change. And I can really live anywhere, right. you know, because I'm not. I'm just traveling for shows, but. Usually, you know why? Because I fly back to Hawaii and do my shoots every Christmas. Oh, okay, right. So that, that's been my thing. Every year I've been shooting in Hawaii. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And now I found an indoor pool that's heated, so I'm kind of spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. All right, well, have a lovely dinner and um, thanks again. Thank you, Lee. Have a great day. What a lovely and talented person Christy Lee is, hey? I hope you enjoyed that. To check out her work, head to her website, christyleerogers.com. And that's Christy, C-H-R-I-S-T-Y, Lee, L-E-E, Rogers, R-O-G-E-R-S. I know it well. And she's on Instagram and Facebook as Christy Lee Rogers as well. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please write a review and rate the show and subscribe, follow, whatever on all the other platforms. And of course, share on your social media and tell your friends. Until next week, live large. The Blank Canvas is produced by Lee Rogers and me, Rin MacDonald, with audio support by Jason Murphy at Gas Inc. and music by Rodrigo Bustos. This has been a Milovich production. Production.